All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is episode 48 of the Yellow Card Podcast presented to you by Couch Guy Sports, brought to you by Exo Gun. With me, as always, Chris Jones, Andrew Franziano, your host, Diego Galvis. And today, um, guys, it's a, Champions League is almost here. Champions League is almost here. Football is back. Nature's healing. Fans are back. Things are looking good. Um, as you guys know, last week we did a little bit of predictions um, coming out for this week on the on the Premier League. So um, we won't be giving you score predictions, given that, uh, as we're recording. I mean, Liverpool already played. We're recording on Saturday at about 9.15 Eastern Standard Time here in Boston. But we thought we would get into a little bit of um, draw predictions for the Champions League, considering that it's taking place on Thursday. And so, therefore... Um, I'm going to turn it over to Chris because this was his uh, segment idea. So, Chris, why don't you, why don't you give us the list of the, uh, of the teams that will all be on the, on the Champions League coming up this year. And uh, let's, get to, let's get to some uh, draw predictions. So, in pot one, we have um, the Champions League, the Europa League title holders, and the top six champions by association ranks. So, we have Chelsea, Villarreal, Atletico, Man City, Bayern Munich, Inter Milan, Lille, and then Sporting CP. In part two, we have Real Madrid, Barcelona, Juventus, Man United, Paris Saint-Germain, Liverpool, Sevilla, Borussia Dortmund. In part three right now, we have Porto, Ajax, RB Leipzig, Atalanta, and Zenit, St. Petersburg. Uh, part four, we have Club Bruges. Um, I believe... AC Milan's also in that pot. And I think Wolfsburg as well. So those three are more. And then still waiting to see about Dino Kiev and Pesitas, where they go. And Pesitas would be uh, an interesting one because I believe that's where um, Mezudozo went, correct? I believe so, yes. Right, Andrew, my. It could be. I'm pretty sure he went to the Turkish league. Yeah, it's either either Besiktas or Galatasaray. Let's get clarification. He went to. Uh, Ferner Fernabase. Oh, Fernabachi. Okay. Which I believe they're also in contention. Well, I might be wrong. Yeah, I think I'm wrong. So, basically what happens is there's still a couple games that are left to solidify what the pots will look like. So, some of the games that are left, we have uh, Shakhtar Donetsk and uh, AS Monaco, uh, Red Bull Salzburg and uh, Braunby. Mm-hmm. We have Benefica and PSV, uh, Dino Zagreb and Sharif Terraspool, Young Boys and Renacavos, and Ludogorets, Rosgard, and Mal- Malmo FF. So those are just some teams. So let's just dive in. So obviously you can't see the same um, same country in the same. Uh, Malmo is interesting, group. by the way, because um, Malmo, for those of you that might remember, is actually the team where Ole Gunnar Solskjaer came from to Manchester United as a caretaker ended up becoming the head coach of, of Manchester United. Yeah. Well, they're 
They're currently up 2-0 in their aggregate against uh, Lou Groats. Um, RB Salzburg is up 2-1 in their aggregate. Uh, Young Boys is up 3-2. Uh, Sheriff Terrace Pool is up 3-0 three, three in their aggregate. Uh, Shock Talk Donovs is up 1-0 in their aggregate. And Benefica is up 2-1 in their aggregate right now. And all those take place within the next few days. So by the time that the draw happens, we should know all the teams that are in the pot for Champions League. But for right now, obviously, we can't see teams like Chelsea, Man City, United, Liverpool, all in one. We can't see Madrid, Barcelona, Sevilla, Atletico, Villarreal. We can't see all them in the same group. So what are some what are some thoughts and what are some scenarios that you would love to see uh, a team being? So first off, why don't we do this? Why don't we do what we think the group of death is going to be for this season? Okay. In the Champions League. It's predicted. Um, I'll start with Mr. Fasciano, who's not in his usual scenery. I don't think we noted that. Yeah, this is true. Um, well, straight off, straight off the bat, what jumps out to me is the fact that PSG is in pot two. So I think whatever group has their pot two team as PSG is going to be a pretty strong contender for the group of death, considering I think most people would view them as for sure a top three contender to win the Champions League and probably a lot of people's favorites as well, given all the additions they made this summer. Um, so maybe if you... Like, potentially, if you get a team from pot one, like Chelsea or Bayern, along with PSG as the pot two team, and then maybe, like, a Porto or Ajax from pot three, um, and then if you even throw in AC Milan from pot four, because I believe they're a pot four team, yep. that would be a scary group right there. Um, so, it, there's a couple other different options as well. There's some some really good teams in uh, pots three and four this year, potentially. Um, so some of the teams in pots one and two are definitely going to want to avoid teams in pots three and four, like Porto, Leipzig, Ajax, Atalanta, uh, Milan, I already mentioned. Um, I think the potential for a group of death is pretty high considering the talent that's in the the third and fourth fourth pots this year. So what 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 are your thoughts on what we could see? Like what what would you what would your ideal group of death be to the Champions League? Because last year everybody remembers it was P no, it was um it's the group that United was on, wasn't it? Yeah, right. It, yeah. Right? That's what I thought, yeah. right? I, I was trying I was having like a mind it was, like, it was like PSG. I was thinking, you know what I was thinking of? I was thinking of the Euros. That popped in my head. I got all fucked up for a second. But it was United, PSG, um, RB Leipzig, and then they played um, Basa Shakir or something weird like that, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to say my, my ideal four, based on the pots, would be something like Chelsea, PSG, Porto, and Milan in a group together. That'd be wild. Yeah. Diego. All right. So for me, I have two key scenarios that I could see as potential group of death. Um, one of them involves PSG, Atletico, Atalanta, and Wolfsburg. 
as your group of death. The other one involves Real Madrid, Porto, Manchester City, and AC Milan as your group of death. So which one which one you want to ride with? You want to ride with the City one or do you want to ride with the PSG one? I think I'm gonna ride with the PSG one because it's more than likely to happen. So um, you said it was PSG. Atletico. Atletico. Yep. Atalanta. And then Wolfsburg. And then Wolfsburg. Yep. Okay. Um I think personally, I think we're gonna get something weird this year. And I think what we're gonna get is we're gonna get teams like Chelsea and PSG are not gonna be in uh the group of death. I think the group of death this year, I think it's gonna be City. I think City's gonna be the one from, from pot one. I think it'll be City. I think it'll be uh Real Madrid. Then <laughs> I should have stuck with my other one then. <laughs> so I think it's City Real Madrid. Then I'm gonna go uh Ajax because I think Ajax is tough no matter no matter where they play. And then obviously I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm gonna say AC Milan as well. <laughs> so <laughs> the only difference we had was you went with Ajax and Porto. Yeah. Porto. I mean, I was just, so based off of what they've done in the past couple seasons, I, I don't think United gets thrown in that group this year. Uh, I don't think PSG gets thrown in that group this year. I don't think Chelsea gets thrown in that group this year. But I do think that Chelsea and teams like Chelsea and Bayern Munich are, are going to get a tougher draw this 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 year. So I think I think Chelsea's going to end up it's going to end up being like Chelsea, Juventus, Porto. And then, um, like Club Brew, and then for uh Bayern, I think they're gonna end up with uh Sevilla, which would be a tough matchup for them. I think they end up with Atalanta, and then I think they end up with uh Dynamo Kiev, which I believe will end up in, in group four. So, I think, I think those are some, some weird scenarios that we can see. I see like Liverpool getting like Inter Milan, Leipzig. And then, like, shock cards and arms. So, let's do – let's do ideal finals, UCL finals. Let's predict them now. Oh. Uh, Finals that you want to see versus finals that you think we'll see. I'll start with Diego on this one. I think a final that I would love to see is a rematch between Chelsea and Manchester City. I think both teams have made it a focus this year that their teams are rebuilt with the purpose of wanting to win the Champions League again. Manchester City with a chip on their shoulder um, after, you know, breaking or busting last season. Um, I think another final that I would like to see um uh, Personally, I, I'd, I'd say Manchester United, Atletico Madrid. Uh, Manchester United, the only reason I'm picking them is because of Chris Jones's uh, believes that, you know, Manchester United will win this year's Champions League. Uh, I personally don't think we will get there, but if we do, I mean, God bless that man. But I think another final that we could also see potentially is um, I think the final that realistically we see is Paris, Paris Saint Germain versus uh, Manchester City. 
Okay. Um, I'll go. I am excited. I think what I want to see is I want to see low-key, I want to see PSG versus Bayern again. I want to see PSG versus Bayern again. Um, I think it, at some point we might see it in the in like the elimination round rather than the final, but I wouldn't hate that for a final. I also wouldn't hate seeing uh, United versus City in the final. I think would be a, a very good one. Would draw a lot of ratings. Um, but I think the one we end up getting is I think we're gonna get we're gonna get Man United. And we are going to get Man United, and it's going to be Man United versus. This PSG. All right. Yeah. Um, I think on paper, at least, I have a hard time not seeing PSG get to the final, given all the additions they made. Um. Man City and PSG, like Diego said, I feel like on paper would be quite a, a Clash of the Titans matchup to see. Um, I think storyline-wise, it would also be very interesting to see PSG get either Barcelona or Real Madrid at some point, given Messi and Sergio Ramos, uh, those two additions that they made. Um, I would, I would love to see like a Dortmund-type team make a deep run. And I don't know if it's possible for them to get to the final, but that would be very compelling to me, someone who's maybe a good team but not quite in the top five contenders at the start of the tournament. Uh, But if I had to pick what I think is most likely to happen, oh, I'd also – I would very much enjoy seeing Atletico Madrid make a deep run. Um, I just – I enjoy watching them play. I feel like they've had a good couple of years. So, won the league last year. Maybe they can translate success into the Champions League this year. But on paper, I feel like I personally would say the two best teams are Man City and PSG right now. So, you never know with how draws work out and things like that. But if they avoid each other until the final, that could be a big matchup right there. And then I have one other thought real quick. Uh this team from from Moldova, Sheriff. You said they were up three nothing in their qualifying game. I think I can't remember ever hearing about a Moldovan team in the group stage of the Champions League. I don't know if that's ever happened before, but that would be pretty cool to see them yeah. make it they're through be, and get there. They're playing Dynamo Zagreb and they're up three nothing in their the second leg, twenty fifth. The Sheriffs will be back in town, baby. Yeah, they might. <laughs> I'll, I'll be rooting for them in their their second playoff match for sure all right so um now that we have some uh ucl draw predictions and whatnot we have some final predictions as well um start to transition over to the premier league because we also have some news over there um with the return of two essential pieces to their respective clubs um Believe it or not, actually, the clubs are meeting each other this weekend, and it is Chelsea and um, Arsenal. So, Martin Odegaard returns to 
Arsenal on a permanent deal, 35 million after um, after a loan spell with Arsenal. Obviously, the loan expired, so he had to return back to Real Madrid. But after um, the disastrous weekend that Arsenal showed uh, against Brentford, uh, I think the fans made their voices be heard, and I think Arteta felt a little bit of his ground shake a little bit. Uh, he was forced to make a deal for Martin Odegaard, 35 mil, um, 35 million pounds for the guy with additions that could amount to about 40 million pounds for the young uh, Norwegian talent. Uh, we also have the return of Romelo Lukaku to London. Last time, last time Romelo was blue, Romelo was, I think, 18, 19 years old. He wasn't that, he wasn't that, that husky. He wasn't that husky. He had long hair. And he just, he was just young, just super young. Not, not that he's not young now, but I mean, he's bald. And what is he? 20, 28, 29, 28, 29. Yeah. Something along those lines. So it's been, it's Definitely been a, the time frame. So it's been a decade. Well. It's been a decade that he's come full circle back to, uh, back to Stanford bridge. Uh, him and Roman uh, Ibramovich, they actually seem to like one another, which is completely unheard That's of. Rare. Yeah. Completely unheard of for any Chelsea player in Ibramovich. Um, but let's get some thoughts behind this first. Um, let me let me get Andrew's thoughts on Martin Odegaard. Then I'm gonna get Jones's thoughts on Lukaku, and then I'm gonna flip it and ask for Andrew's thoughts on Lukaku, and then Jones's thoughts on Odegaard. So what? <laughs> we, Too early for this. We, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a little roulette. So um, too many Andrew, tongue twisters. So Andrew, why don't we? The fact that I didn't. Twist my tongue saying that that was yeah, that, that was, was impressive. I'll give I'll, I'll give I'll, I'll I'll give you the credit there. It's fine. Yeah. Um. So Andrew, why don't we get you started with Odegaard's uh, thoughts here? Yeah. Um. I feel like collectively as a podcast, all three of us uh, were pretty big fans of Odegaard joining joining Arsenal on, on loan last year, and now he's there to stay for good. Um. I read somewhere that Madrid has the rights of first refusal, which my understanding is that if Arsenal were to, to turn around and get a bid from someone else for like 40 million, they would have to give Madrid the option of buying him back for 40 million first before they moved him on to a different club. So they do have that little, that little option there. So potentially it's not the end for Odegaard at Real Madrid, but um I think it helps Arsenal a lot. I think we saw uh, during a lot of times last season and again in the season opener for Arsenal against Brentford that they were sort of struggling to create chances in the midfield and string things together in the final third. And I think Odegaard helps a lot with that. Um, Really, really talented player. He ended up at Real Madrid when he was very young, and I think his his best seasons in Spain probably came when he was out on loan and not at Madrid. So the fact that he maybe at Arsenal has a bit more of a chance to be the main guy rather than when he was at Madrid where there were so many stars there that he got overshadowed a little bit, that could play into his hands, I think. If he has a season for Arsenal like he did 
I think he was at Real Sociedad. It was a couple of seasons ago on loan. If he yep. puts together a season like that for Arsenal, they will be very, very happy with the addition. And he will certainly be worth the money because he was phenomenal for them that year. Uh, creatively, goal scoring, he could do it all. So if he can bring that to the table for Arsenal, I think they're getting a really, really good player who fits exactly what they need offensively also. All right. I like it. Um Jones, why don't we get you started with thoughts on Lukaku's return to Chelsea? I'm excited for it. I think Chelsea, Chelsea to me is, I think, one of the more interesting stories this year, especially in the Premier League aspect, um, because of the fact of how good they became once they got rid of Frank Lampard last year, like which we said a thousand times, and then Thomas Ducal bringing into the fold, and he he looked like he's found a home here. Like when he was at PSG, there were times where just looked like he it was it, it was just a job for him when he was at Chelsea last year for his his short uh tenure he looked like he wanted to be there and he was there to prove a point and he proved that point by not only winning the Champions League but now you're back in the Champions League again and now you consider one of the heavy favorites to win the Premier League this year so I think for me I think Lukaku just adds to that I think he creates a physical presence up front that's going that was that's uh, that at the moment is missed. Like when they had Olivier Giroud, the way that Giroud could just uh, <clears throat> use his body to get better positioning. I think Timo Werner really can't do that. He's, he doesn't have the size for it. But I, I'm curious to see what their formation looks like because I know Pulsic is out because he has COVID. Um, Lacazette's out with an illness still, and I'm I'm pretty sure I'm bombing sit to get. So I'm curious to see how Chelsea's going to line up against this Arsenal team because it looks like we're going to get a similar Arsenal team like we did against Brentford, and that's the case. I think Chelsea's going to wipe the floor, which isn't saying much because they lost 2 nothing to Brentford. But I'm just a weird feeling that if they line up like they did with the same starting 11, they don't have Bukayo soccer in there, I think that the following week they play City. That's when they get Odegaard back and hopefully Lacazette and Aubameyang. But you're already going to be too deep in a hole to start off the season. All right. Um, Andrew, your thoughts on Romelu Lukaku coming back to Chelsea? I know you're a big Lukaku fan, so let's get you going. Yeah, I, I do like Romelu a lot. I think he can put the ball in the net like very few players that I've seen uh, in my time watching the Premier League. Um, when he was with Everton, there were times where – actually, I think back particularly to a game against Chelsea in the FA Cup where Everton won the match 2 nothing. I'm pretty sure Lukaku scored both goals, and both goals he just sort of picked up the ball and said, you know what, I'm going to score a goal, and just took on the defense, went by them, and scored. He could make it look really, really easy at times. Um, and when he was – on top of his game, he was just about unstoppable with Everton. I know that was a couple of years ago now, and he is a little bit of a different player now, but I think he will get a lot of goals for Chelsea this season. Um, I think for as good as Chelsea were last year, the one, the one sort of knock that I heard when talking to Chelsea fans was that they generated so many chances that they didn't put away. And they were still able to win games just because – they were so dominant and so good defensively, but I think bringing in someone like Lukaku who will 
put away those chances more often than not uh, really brings how dangerous they are to a whole new level. So I think it really does propel them right up to being a, a favorite for the title this season. Um, like I said, with Odegaard and Arsenal, I feel like it's kind of the perfect style of player for what they need. Uh, he's, he's going to get you goals. He's going to be a physical presence up there. Like you said, Chris. Um, and I think it's a really good fit and I hope that he does very well because I like him a lot as a player. Uh, I have a sinking feeling that he's going to score against Everton when he plays us because that would just seem to make sense. But, other than other than when he's playing Everton, I hope he does really well this season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you gotta love it. Um, no, I, I I agree with much of what you guys have said. Um, I think the Lukaku return to Chelsea. I mean that that makes absolute sense as Andrew pointed out. This is a Chelsea team that they had everything put together. The the unfortunate part that they couldn't get together was the finishing up front. Uh, Werner still a little bit shaky to do so. Uh, the only person that could really do that for this club was either Timmy Abraham or uh, Oliver Giroud, both players who have been dealt um, aside this year, Timmy Abraham going to Roma and Oliver Giroud going to AC Milan. Uh, so I think if anything, this was more of a necessary move by Tuchel than anything else. Um, it is an exciting move for sure. I mean, when you look at, when you look up and down this lineup, it's just nothing but youth. And when you have somebody who's as youthful and experienced as Romelu Lukaku, it just adds that extra oomph into your into your lineup. So th- this is an exciting time to be a, uh, a Chelsea fan. Um, I think for the Odegaard piece, I'm super excited for him to be back to, uh, to Arsenal. He made it clear last year that he wanted to stay with Arsenal um, before his loan expired. Unfortunately, Arsenal wasn't in the – in the state to be able to make a move immediately. Um, and therefore why they had to wait until, you know, until, uh, until the loan expired, think it through, see what Real Madrid wanted and then proceed going forward. However, just in his short time that he came to, to Arsenal, the guy was, the, the guy really made it easy. The guy made his job a lot easier for, for a lot of these guys, not only was he a creative piece for Aubameyang and Lacazette up front, uh, but he created he created a lot. I mean, in the Europa League when he was there, um, the guy played six matches, scored one goal, uh, no yellow cards, no red cards. So this isn't a guy that's just a hothead trying to cost you problems in the lineup this is somebody who's reliable and useful in the premier league 14 matches one goal two assists same thing no yellow cards no red cards another guy who's just looking to be productive and just put the ball in the back of the net um him and bukayo saka were really good together when they played um so i think if anything while they might be a little deep in the hole right now after having lost to brentford and potentially losing to chelsea potentially losing the city I think they can turn it around three games back out of 38 that I believe are in the season. You, you still got a lot of season to go for, uh, just not where you want to be, especially after losing three games in a row. Um, 
But I mean, once you get your, your pieces back together and your, your team is healthy, this is an Arsenal team that if coached correctly, will be able to succeed. And that is, that is key. If coached correctly, because Arteta has already proven that he is shaky and making decisions. I mean, let's be honest. Who here thought that Bukayo Saka was starting the bench against Brentford? With all the people that they had out, not me. Not only that, but with how good he was in the Euro 2020. I mean, it's it's impossible to think that you have Saka's, what, 19, 20 years old? 20 MX. Okay, so it's impossible for me to think that you have a... 20 uh, a 19 or 20 year old in such great shape such great talent in the bench against a team that it's nothing but youthful and full of speed and full of energy I, I don't know it just it, it made no sense to me you brought him in at a horrible time during the game because Arsenal had no control at all the game had no pace so Bukayo is trying to build you some pace and control uh yeah I don't know I still remain with the thoughts that Arteta could be the first coach to be sacked this year, uh, the Premier League. I think he proved it to me last week. Um, the only thing that I will say in his favor is the record kind of does help him a little bit when it comes to Chelsea. He was able to get the number twice last year. Uh, maybe he'll be able to figure it out this year. Maybe a tie, maybe a victory, a surprising victory here. Um, but he needs to figure out in a sap. Um, but you know what's a team that's figured it out though thus far? That is the New England Revolution. I was waiting to see where you were going with that. <laughs> the boys, I the the winnings just don't stop. The winnings just don't stop, and we don't want them to stop. Revolution are just darn good. I don't know about I don't know about y'all, but like. I know, I know Yellow Card Podcast personally had a plan to go see a, a refs game together, but unfortunately I ruined it because I had uh, commitments that I have forgotten about. Um, but I don't know. I don't know of a, of a time where we've seen so many New England fans come together for this club and be this excited for this club. Like, yeah, Revolution has had fans all, all of its time, but the fan base was always kind of Kind of, kind of slight under the rug. It felt to me like I don't know why, but it always felt that way. Um, what What do you guys think? Like this for me, this is just exciting. I've always been a Revs fan, um, but what about you guys? I'll go because I know Andrew's a little bit more of a diehard than me. Um. I, this team is just – when they started uh, last season, you saw the potential there. Just went on the little run, made some, some key moves in the offseason. You know, you got guys like Adam Buska that's stepped up his role. Uh, he did it last year. He's doing it again this year. We got Carlos Gee. We got Gustavo Bo. Matt Turner looks like the best goal in the MLS. But there's a plethora of – things that are happening for the revolution right now and it's working in their favor and the end it's all coming together right now but my only worry again it's still only august i would hate for them to collapse when the playoffs come around but 
all high hopes for now. Best team in the Boston area at the moment to watch. The Red Sox are kind of meh. I'd rather watch. I'd rather watch the Revolution. I, I'll sit down and actually watch Revolution game rather than the Red Sox game. How it is? Yeah, it's very exciting. It's very exciting. I feel like we sort of first saw this hype with the playoff run last year, where they had sort of an up and down regular season, lots of injuries, with Carlos Hill being out for a lot of the regular season. But then they they sort of put it all together at the right time for the playoffs and. I think a lot of people took notice of the team and what they could do. That was a lot of fun, that playoff run where they made it to the the Eastern Conference final. Um, and I think they've just sort of built on that this season. They made some some nice additions in the offseason. Some of their younger players like Henry Kessler and Tejan Buchanan have taken that next step forward and become even more important parts of this team. And the big guns that you mentioned, Chris, like Buxa, Heel, and Gusabo Bo have been firing on all cylinders and working together really nicely. So um, it's been an incredible season thus far. I think I saw today that they have, I want to say, 13 games left and seven of them are at home. So a lot of chances left to pick up even more points in the race for the Supporters' Shield, which they have never won despite being one of the original MLS teams. So it would be a big, a big deal to get that done over the line, knock on wood, because I don't jinx anything and there's still a long way to go, but it would be very exciting if they were able to accomplish something like that this season, because I think they really deserve it. It's, it's been a very good team. They've made really good additions at the right time. I feel like bringing in Bruce arena when they did, um, starting to spend that designated player money a little bit more and bringing in big high profile guys like heel and boo Bo. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm just excited to see where the, where the run goes from here because it's been a great season so far. And I hope that we get another deep playoff run to cap it off for sure. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, just looking back at the win last week against DC United, um, that DC United team, it showed that they are without a doubt just the most fightful club there there really is in the MLS. Um they they even cost um they they even cost Arner to get a red card. And even with a red card, this team managed to pull ahead and win three to two. Um DC United by no means is a little club at all because these guys have really good players in, in that team. Paul Ariola to be one of them. Uh, Ramona Vila to be another one. Um, that This is Flores is a really good player as well. Um, by no means was this an easy win at all to the revolution. Uh, now they're coming up to face a um, Cincinnati team that, um, Believe it or not, they 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 have a lot to fight with in in their team. So um, I, I'm excited. I'm very happy to see what uh, Bruce Arena is doing with this with this club, with this organization overall. Uh, I think I've said it last week, and I'll say it again. I think one of the biggest things that has really kind of helped more fans get behind this Revolution team is the fact that we're finally on a bigger uh, on a big network uh, being televised 
having the, the games to be televised and having them be narrated by actual people that know the game itself rather than some Joe Schmo that doesn't even know what a soccer ball looks like. Uh, it's ideal that a lot of these fans are, are starting to be like, okay, like this is the team to follow. I mean, we've even seen, we've even seen some, um, some celebrities on, on, on Twitter, just all of a sudden being like, okay, I want to understand soccer. I'm going to go to a revolution game. I, I want to understand it. Can you guys help me understand it? Cause th- this is a team that's been contagious all throughout their season. Uh, and they'll continue to be that way. I, um, I know it's just August. I know there's a lot more football to be played. Um, but if there's somebody that, that has put the mindset correctly in this team and that has motivated this team correctly and has managed this team correctly, it's Bruce Arena. So I don't I don't expect anything from Bruce. The guy has a winning mentality, has been a winner for many years. Um, and he has all the right personnel in that locker room. So um but anyways, like I said, revolution at the end good. Get on the train. That's all I got to say. Um, You've already been on the train. <laughs> <laughs> get, get that golden ticket to, uh, to first class because this, this, uh, this train is just going full speed ahead. Um, any final? Any final? There you go. Any, <laughs> any final thoughts there, uh, train pilot? <laughs> it's a conductor. Pilot as well. Yeah, pilot as well. No, that's not it. We're gonna go Um, so we're gonna go so far so fast that we're just gonna fly. No, I'm I'm excited for the games this weekend. Uh, I'm excited for Diego and I tomorrow. Are watching it live and in person together for the first time ever. So this would be fun right off the bat. We're watching Southampton versus Manchester United and Tottenham and. and then we're streaming together live in person. We're streaming. Make sure you stay tuned. Cross Guy Sports Twitch. Arsenal versus Chelsea at 1130. AM Eastern Standard Time. And whatever it is over over the pond. All right. Andrew, any final thoughts, sir? Yeah. Uh do you guys see the the kit that Ajax dropped this week? The Bob Marley. One strong contender Fire. for best kit of the yes. 2021 season, I think. Very Listen, nice. Fire, 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 Listen, fire. we're talking about we're talking about strong kits. We want to talk about bad kits. The third oh, one that everything that made by Puma. Dropped. Oh the yeah, one, the third one that Juventus dropped. Mm. Yeah. I don't like the color scheme at all. I it was weird. I just don't get it. Nike and Adidas used to be the ones with like the sweetest like kits and now puma all of a sudden it's like nah we're taking over they made those like cookie kits without even a club badge on it it's yeah gross looks like a training outfit more than a something for a game uh, i was also speaking of juventus um real quick manuel locatelli officially a member of juventus as well right before the Serie A season starts which is actually today that we're recording so stay tuned to Serie A as well all right so with that said Ladies and gentlemen, that wraps set up for episode 48 of the Yellow Card Podcast. As Chris mentioned, make sure that you tune in tomorrow to the Twitch channel uh, where we will be streaming Chelsea and Arsenal. Um, with that said, signing off, Diego Galvez, Chris Jones, Andrew Fasciano. Until next week.
See you, everybody.